morning, everyone, and welcome to the Screenstrong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen problems in their home. This is Melanie Hempy. Welcome, everyone. I am so glad you tuned in today. If you are one of our regular listeners, welcome back. And if you are a new friend, we're so glad you found us, especially right now during this holiday season. You're no longer alone with your screen questions and concerns, and you have finally found your people. Today, Dr. Stacy is joining me. Hi there. Thanks for having me, Melanie. So glad that you are partnering up with us to unpack all these great topics for our audience. Today, we are going to give everyone a pep talk for the holidays. I think I think we all need a pep talk when it comes to screens and when it comes to the tidal wave of screen activity that's going to happen over the holidays. So we want to do this now to prepare you. So we want to get it in here before Christmas so you can listen to this, pass it around to your friends and say, okay, now we're ready. We're going to get prepped. This is not going to catch us off guard because most of the time when we have problems with getting out of our um, normal routine, it's because we haven't prepped ahead of time. But first of all, I want to remind everyone that Dr. Stacy and I are doing regular Q&A webinars over in our Connect group on our website. And we're doing these just for you. These podcasts are great. And we have, thanks to you, such a good following out there. Thanks to everyone who's passing this around. But we can't dive as deep sometime on the podcast as we want to because we get so many questions. So we have designed a connect group, it's called, and it's over on our website. So go take a look. If you think of the connect group kind of like the Screen Strong Library, Dr. Stacy, I think you'll agree we have tons of stuff in this group. Yes. I love, there's so many great resources over there. I mean, it's endless. So I really encourage people to head over there and check it out. Yes, it's the only place that we can just park everything that we um, have from all kinds of research and handouts to other webinars, to movies, uh, to conferences that we've done, and all the videos and all that are there. So this platform is loaded with content. And we also are giving y'all a couple times a month of this Q&A that is free to the Connect members. And it's only $15 a month, and you can join for as little or as long or short or as long as you want. It is an unbelievable deal. It is just the best thing ever. We record the session so you don't have to be there live, but you can still send us your questions and we can still answer them while we're on the live thing and then it gets recorded. So where else can you pay 15 bucks to get uh, questions from a medical doctor? (laughs) Dr. Stacy, I think nowhere. I think there's, I think this is just the greatest deal ever. So, um, Hey, ask, ask for this for Christmas from Santa. And, um, of course, ask for our course as well. That's a great Christmas present, but our topic today is about screen strong success during the holidays. And how to overcome the stress and the fear and the frustration around screens taking over your Christmas. And Dr. Stacy, when I was going through all this, my husband and I were going through all this with our, our oldest, the holidays were so stressful because I remember even one year, and y'all have heard me say this before, I had to go downstairs. Adam was in the basement playing his video game, you know, 12 hours a day because school was out. I had to go downstairs and I, and I got a string of Christmas lights They were, I think, color Christmas lights. And I went down there and I draped them all over his computer 
because he was just missing Christmas. And, and I have a picture of that. I actually have a picture of that. I'm going to have to put it in our connect group and in, in our, in our Facebook group or whatever it is. I'm going to put that because that was, that was just a snapshot of what our life used to be like when we had the screens, you know, um, running the show. And I just remember thinking, poor thing, he's missing Christmas. So I need to at least go decorate his laptop. <laughs> it's just crazy. And, but we get so much pressure from all the family and all the people that are coming. And today we're going to talk about why you need to purge screens this holiday season and how to prepare for the onslaught of friends and well-meaning family members who will bring their switches and their Xboxes to your house to steal your kids. (laughs) Sorry, I'm a little jaded. Okay, I get it. I get it. I, I get it. But so many parents see all their hard work of limiting toxic screens go down the drain when extended family comes for the holidays. So Dr. Stacy, can you paint that picture? What does that look like? Sure. So, you know, we've had this happen because we've been um, screen strong for years now. And so, you know, like I've told our community, our oldest is 16 and then we have twins that are 12 and we have a nine-year-old son. So we've been sort of um, seeing this as it's changed over time and more and more kids are having devices at younger and younger ages. And so, you know, we do a number of different sort of trips and get get together either at our house or out of town with other families that have lots of children. And so, you know, some of our friends, kids have phones as young as nine years old. And, um, you know, there's a variety of different sort of family cultures around that. You know, it's interesting because our kids see these kids on their devices over and over, you know, over many hours a day, they learn how to try to get those kids to participate in other activities. And if they won't, which we know a lot of kids have trouble with that because they're so drawn to these screens, then we have to sort of teach our kids how to entertain themselves and do fun things. And hopefully those kids will want to participate in what our kids are doing rather than the other way around. And so we just kind of remind our kids, now I know your friends are going to be on their phones. They're going to be looking at TikTok and they're going to be, you know, on um, Safari, looking things up and doing all that to entertain themselves that we have different expectations for you with your leisure time. And so it's not easy, of course, but setting those expectations ahead of time, I think is really helpful. Well, and I love that you're not legalistic about it and I'm not either, you know, we are not here to judge people. We're not here to say, you know, it's like a peanut allergy where, even though it kind of is, um, where, you know, you, my kid can't get near your kid if they have a screen in their hand. I mean, that's what we want to say, you know, because we just are over it. And most of us have had like our defining moment stories and, we and these other parents maybe haven't yet. They haven't been burned, or I like to say they haven't been bit yet. Right. But when you when you've been bit, it's really hard, and you're way more aware of it. So if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have been bit. I mean, most parents or kids have through their technology. They've experienced things they shouldn't be experiencing, or maybe you're in our Facebook group, and so you're more aware. And it's easy to get judgmental, and it's easy to just say, you know, well my kids can't be around screens. And that's not really what we're talking about. What we're talking about is helping our kids and all, you know, when we're, we've got all these extended family members that have devices, helping them learn how to be comfortable and how to live in a world where everybody has a device. 
doesn't mean that we lower our guard. It doesn't mean we lower our bar and say, oh, for Christmas, guess what, guys? You can have whatever you want. That's not what we're saying. But it also doesn't mean that we get mean about it either. And little kids right. and middle schoolers, you know, they can be so mean, right? <laughs> so they yes. can say, my mom says that's terrible. Why are you rotting your brain? <laughs> yeah. You have to keep them from saying that. I, I love what you just said about how your kids just learn to pick up the football, throw the Frisbee, do something. They learn to do something in spite of the fact that maybe the other people in the room are on there. Yeah. It's interesting because we were on a trip recently and we were um, heading out the door to go to a place that's sort of like a big play yard that has games and TVs and stuff. And there's a bunch of restaurants and shops around it. And my youngest picked up his football and his friend picked up his phone to take with him. So it was sort of interesting. But, you know, I mean, this is the thing. Kids want to be kids. And so if you encourage your children, if you're a screen strong family and you encourage your children about how to entertain themselves and to really encourage their friends and, you know, treat their friends with respect and positivity, they're going to put their phone down and play with your kids. And so the more they sort of model that behavior and be a good role model for their peers and their cousins or whoever's coming to visit over the holidays or whatever, you know, um, chances are they may put their phone down and do something fun and exciting rather than staring at a screen, which will, they'll remember a lot more of the fun times they had kicking the football around or um, playing ping pong or something than they will looking on TikTok. Absolutely. And remember, if you are a parent listening and you're not quite screen strong yet, but you're intrigued and your kids do have phones, be very sensitive when you go to people's houses over the holidays this year. And don't just assume that it's okay for your kids to pull out their phone and show other kids stuff and just be in that world. I think if more of us all the way around, if more parents would just be sensitive around this, it would be really helpful. But I feel like that you know, even back when I was raising a gaming addict myself, that I wasn't sensitive when people would come over here to play. I would be like, well, Adam's playing the video game, go down there and play with him. How insensitive, right? Why would I, why would I do that? Like, I, I don't know. I, but I, so I just want to throw that out there that if you do allow phones, maybe this is a time when you're at other people's houses to teach your kids how to really be respectful and follow the lead of what the other kids are doing and not just be the one to pull your phone out. From my experience, and and Dr. Stacey, you probably can comment on this, but even these short times, even if you're trying to moderate, you know, moderate it, these short little vacations and times away, you know, times off from school, holidays, whatever, can derail our kids. So we know that even if your child like breaks his leg, for example, and he can't play soccer, he can't play, he can't get outside. So he's on the couch and he starts gaming. You might think, well, it's okay. He has to play a video game because he can't do anything else. Even that little repetition over like a six week period can really derail him. So I guess my point is even a Christmas holiday can set you back. It can really set you back. And Dr. Stacy, I know that we compare this to to a lot of other addictions as well. And with other addictions, it's the same thing. So right. if you right have trouble with something, a lot of times people say, well, you can just use it a little bit. Well, no, you really can't. And a lot of times with holidays, this is where, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't even talked to you about this, but this is where you um, kind of lose ground, right? So if you have trouble with alcohol, for example, it's the holidays are going to be tough. 
Yeah, you know, I think it's um, easiest sometimes to talk about it like if you're on a specific eating plan, right? I mean, like right. some families decide that they don't want to eat a lot of carbs, right? So like a low carb eating style of eating is pretty popular. And so I'm not speaking like a diet. I just mean like sort of the way that you eat. Sure. And so the holidays is an unbelievable time for, for those really good habits, like eating exercise to get amazingly derailed. And so mm. we know it takes a very short amount of time to undo a, a good habit and a much longer amount of time to set it back in motion again. And so it's the same yeah. with screens. You know, I mean, there are certain things we have to use screens for. It's one of those things where it can easily get out of control. And the holiday time is one of those times where it's really primed for especially if you have a kid who's had trouble with that and you've done a detox and now you're back in a good space again. Yes. You really have to sort of make some plans and do some good sort of thinking and looking forward to these, this break and how to handle that. And I like what you're saying about it is kind of like your diet, even though we don't like to compare screen time to diets because then people say, well, screens are like desserts. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's like poison. But anyway, I don't want to get into all that. But to your point, I think anyone who's ever been on a diet, or maybe you just have a lifestyle where you just don't eat a lot of sugar, or maybe you just don't eat desserts, right? You just eat them when you're out maybe. And so at Christmas, you got the pecan pie, you have all the desserts and, and we think, okay, yeah, we'll just, we'll just do that for a Christmas meal. And we're not going to be legalistic about it. And that's fine. And even with, I will dare say, even with a video game, for example, if you have Madden football and you decide, Hey, let's on Christmas, you know, at sometime during the holidays, we're all going to play this with our kid for an hour and then box it back up and put it up. That's fine. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, okay, now your child is out of school. You've done all this work to do the detox and to get them in the screen strong lifestyle. And now the holidays hit. So now what he's going to want to do every day is pull out you know, his game or your daughter's going to want to play with your phone all day. These are the things we're talking about. And all I'm wanting, yeah, to make the point here is it doesn't take many days to get you derailed. In fact, it only right. takes a few days, right? And then we're all suffering. So some of the obvious problems with, in, with screens in general during the holidays, first of all, they keep our kids inside. Screen activities keep your kids inside. It keeps them hidden. They're mm -hmm. isolated. They become antisocial. They sneak off in their room. And then all of a sudden, you know, five hours go by. You're like, where's your son? I don't know. Oh, he's up in his room. Like it's, it keeps them inside. It doesn't force them outside. And I think that's really sad. The next thing is that it, it, keep, it puts them in a bad mood. How does this work? How, how does it get them in a bad mood? Yeah. So, you know, I've told this story before about my little twins when they were three and we let them use this, these iPad minis on this long road trip. Yeah. And then we get to the beach and we yeah. take them away and they were like little devils, you know, yeah. I mean, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's biologic. It's not necessarily their fault. You know I mean? They're not necessarily making the decision right. to be in a bad mood. It's just what it's doing to their brain chemistry. And so it's like every time you're in an intense period of using a screen for media for a long period of time, which long, I mean, more than two hours in a day, 
and you try to not use it, you're going to be in a bad mood because your brain is wanting that dopamine that is being released when you use the screen. And so then they're just in a bad mood and the house suffers when that happens. Right. (laughs) So let's just prevent it from happening in the first place. Yeah. And then you're dealing with meltdowns because it's not age specific. It could be a two-year-old. It could be a 12-year-old. And then you have your 12-year-old having a meltdown in the kitchen floor. How embarrassing is this when your mother-in-law is standing there? (laughs) It's like, what's wrong with him? Oh, you took his fortnight away. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So not a good look, right? So plus it's really sad for the kid to be on Christmas break and have all this drama going on around the stupid. Yeah. I mean, you're setting them up for disappointment and failure by doing that and not to be like dramatic about screens, but let's all just be honest and aware of really what they're doing to their brains. They are going to be in a bad mood. Like if you said, if you have a kid who uses their device a lot for entertainment and you say to him, okay, for the whole next two days, I'm going to take your phone and you're not going to get it at all. They're going to be in a bad mood when you tell them that. And so let's, you know, let's try to set some expectations for what that looks like ahead of time. Well, and, and right here as you're talking, I'm thinking, what about when, okay, they're on their phone or they're on their video game and, you know, grandma and grandpa pull in the driveway. And they get to town, they come in, you haven't seen them in three months, they walk in the door. Guess what? Junior is on his game. He don't want to get off. He's right. And if you get him off, then he's going to be really mad. And so now he's seeing his grandparents for the first time in two months, or whatever. And now he's mad. And he's in bad mood. Like, it's just a bad idea. It's just let's just put it all away. Let's have a peaceful Christmas and do things. You know, the, the other the other obvious problem is it keeps them from moving, right? Yes. We said that a minute ago. It keeps them from exercising and from getting outside, like I just said. It also, this is another really interesting point. It overrides the other gifts that you might be giving them. Mm-hmm. So you go to all the work to figure out what your kids like, or maybe they have a certain hobby or something, and you spend all this money and you get these wonderful things. And within two minutes, they're just back playing their video games. Like they don't even care. Like, cause there's nothing that really trumps a video game in my, or, or a phone. Cause if we knew those things, then our kids wouldn't be obsessed with screens. Cause we would already figure it out, but there's right. no magic gift that's going to be better. The next thing that it does that I think that most people don't think about the obvious problem is that it's, it keeps them kind of in this boring state and they're not creating memories. They're not having memories. So they think back on their Christmas break. It's like, oh yeah, all I did was play my video game. It's very, very boring. Um, not exciting. You want your goal at Christmas to be, let's create some family memories. Let's have fun together as a family. Let's get some stories built. Right. You know, I mean, right. I mean, don't you have so many fun stories because you don't have screens. So you do other things. And I could, I could talk for hours Absolutely. about Absolutely. the funny things that happen in our house, yeah. you know, and then, yeah. and then when our, when our um, relatives come, we have so many fun stories. And so every holiday, I'm so excited to be like, what's it going to be this year? There's always something funny that happens. So you want your kids to remember that you don't want them to remember sitting in their room. And then the final thing is it does. The other obvious problem is it can jumpstart an addiction. You know, a lot of times what we see, especially when kids are like around the fifth grade age, is that they really, really, really want a screen as their Christmas present. The parents are well-meaning, you know, and they, uh, parents, you know, really, American parents in particular, really like to get their 
kid a huge gift, you know, something that's going to evoke a lot of emotional response on Christmas morning. <laughs> and so it's so true. Um, and so they think, okay, this is the year we're going to get our kid the iPhone or, you know, the smartphone. They don't think about really that this is jumpstarting an addiction. Mm. And at that young of an age, especially. And so they get the phone on Christmas morning and then it, it really just starts to snowball from there. And you've got these two weeks or 10 days or however long you're off before school starts. And then it's going to be very difficult to reverse that overuse before school starts again. And then your routines are going to be completely different. Your family culture has changed. And like I said a few minutes ago, I'm not trying to be dramatic about it, but this is just the honest truth of what happens. And so if you spend mm-hmm. enough time around kids nine and older, you see this and how it really changes the way they act. It changes the way they behave in groups. It changes the way things work in your family. And so it's just something to think about before you wrap that smartphone for them to get for Christmas. So. And we just did a podcast that we talked about that with Evan. I talked, I had my son come in and, and we kind of talked about how um, it is the most precious thing that they want and how smartphones make terrible Christmas gifts and they should never be gifted at all, actually. Um, because by January, you're going to have to take it away. And so imagine having to take away your child's best Christmas gift. I mean, it's really sad. <laughs> it's really a right. bad idea. Phones are tools and a talk text phone is fine. It should be a tool. It should never be a gift. There should never be a screen under a Christmas tree. It puts way too much pressure on everyone. And then it also, you're telling your kids, hey, this is what we value. We're putting a bow on it and we're giving it to you. It's a very bad idea. Um, And this is just based off years of the science and the research and all the things. This is not just our weird parenting advice to you, even though we have very strong advice based off those things. When you give an addictive gift to someone, it's very sad, of course, when they're younger. But when you think about your role now as a parent, you're going to have to put a lot of limits on it and you're probably going to have to take it away at some point. So it's just, let's not make it a gift. You do not want to take your kids' gifts away. That's just the big, uh, you know, aha moment I had or in my early days, and many, many families have come back to say the same thing. It was the worst thing we ever did is to get the phone, but then also to get it to them for their birthday or for Christmas, it was the worst thing because then they have no gifts after we took it away. Because right. by January, yeah. we get really busy over here in January at Screen Strong. I mean, we're busy all the time, but we get really, really busy in January because everybody yeah. gave their kid a phone and it's like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? <laughs> now I got to take it away. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about some of the reasons, and then we, and then we got some really good tips. So y'all hang on here, but I want to talk some more about some of the reasons why these problems come up. It's because it's really good to know why. What is the underlining reason why screens are a problem? We just talked about some some things that were kind of obvious, but what what are some some of the other things? I think the first thing, like you just touched on, is about the schedules and the structure. It's gone. In your house once school is out. Yeah. I mean, it's already hard enough to get back into the routine of school when January comes just without adding in screens as another issue. It's hard 
because you need kids need schedules in sort in some sort of structure. Now that's yes. hard for me to say because I'm not a very schedule oriented person. Like I'm more of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person. And um, any anybody who's close to me, you ask, they kind of laugh because I'm sort of last minute on making sort of you know arrangements and stuff. Um, but I have known since my children were small that they thrive with structure, and that's just true for kids. That's true for you know puppies that's you know that's true for growing brain is that they do really well with schedules and so you know adding in the screen issue is just compounding that sort of re-entry that happens when school starts back you know and even for homeschool families you know there's still some structure that's happening throughout the day and when you're taking a break from that and you're disrupting it you know on another level with screens um it's causing more problems with the way they learn and their ability to transition and things like that. And another reason for the big problem around the holiday with screens is because there is more downtime and that's kind of what you're talking about. There's more downtime. Screens come out immediately, especially if they're easy to access. Mm -hmm. That's just the knee jerk reaction, low effort, high reward. That's what we're all craving. And they're not getting sleep because there's not this bedtime. And so they're taking their phones to their room and they're staying up till 2 a.m. watching Christmas movies on their phone or mm-hmm. chatting with their friends. And not that we don't want them watching Christmas movies or we don't want them chatting with their friends. It's just right. the less discipline and less structure and like more lax rules, especially around screens and what they can yeah. do to their room and how much time they can spend on them. It snowballs. And we know um, I've talked before about, some more recent studies that have come out about screens show that the problems that kids have from screens, it's not a linear association. So it's not like you have X number of problems on one hour and two X at two hours and three X at three hours. It's exponential. And so the more time they use it, the exponentially more risk they have for having depression, anxiety, impulsivity, you know, behavior problems. So it's a cumulative effect is what exactly. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It adds up. It adds up. It yeah. doesn't get restart started or refreshed every morning. It adds right. up. And that's an interesting point. I've, I love what you just said about no sleep. Um, the other thing is during the holidays, you get pressure from families. Like you may be able to keep it all together and keep your screen strong lifestyle going through the year, but then the holidays hit and your in-laws come in and they want to buy your kids a game console or they want to buy them a smartphone and your kids are pretty smart. And so they know, I'm not going to ask mom and dad, I'm going to ask grandma. Yeah. And grandparents or aunts and uncles or godparents or, you know, people that really love and care for your kids, they love to buy your kids phones or iPads or Amazon fires or, you know, like these because they think, oh, they're going to love this and it's such an exciting gift and they don't have one yet. And then they're going to be so excited. Like I said, they, you know, you're looking for this big reaction gift. And so yeah. that's super common. And yeah. um, you know, nothing bad, of course, is meant by that, but they want your kid to be excited by whatever gift they're getting. And that's an easy draw for the for the family member, because they know that that's exciting for a kid, like a new, the newest game console or the new, yeah. you know, there's these, it's a home run every out. time. Yeah. It's you, you, you can get nothing that they want more. Right. And that's a good reminder that when we talk about, um, smartphones, we're talking about iPads too. So any sort of handheld screen yes. 
that good point um, has access to the internet is, you know, and apps and stuff. And you've so. got to tell your in-laws this, you have to educate them not to be obnoxious about it, but you have to say, Hey, look, we're not doing phones and we're not doing iPads. We love that you want to do this, but then you offer them another suggestion instead. And we're going to talk about that in just a second, how you prepare for all this. The other problem that you might not be aware of is that when kids get together, when, you know, there's more downtime, there's no schedules, they're not in school, they're together with their cousins and other friends and family friends, they, they are more daring. So when kids are with other kids, so how does this work? Because I, I know it's true from my experience, but but I think there's even research around this that says when teenagers are together, they get more risky. Yeah. So, you know, the teenage brain is really interesting. But one thing we do know, especially um, about teenagers, is that when they get together in groups there. So there's a hormone in the body called cortisol and it's a stress hormone. And when kids get together in groups, that stress hormone goes down. And if you think about that from an evolutionary perspective, think about when we used to live in sort of tribes, you know, when you were all together, you felt safer, right? Because you didn't feel like you were at as much risk. And so when they get together in groups, their stress hormone goes down and then they become more relaxed. And when you're more, more relaxed, you're more willing to try things that you wouldn't do if you were more on edge. Right. And so, um, when kids get together in groups, they really start to think about risky things and what the reward is. And as we've talked about before with the teenage brain, teenagers look at things about what reward am I going to get out of this? Not what is the risk? You know, like for me, if I think about skydiving, I think about what's the risk of that. Like to me, that seems really, (laughs) risky. you know, I know lots of adults that skydive and love it, but for me personally, For a teenager, when they think about something risky like that, they think more about the reward, like how fun is that going to be and how exciting and new and interesting. And so, you know, that happens, that happens also with devices. So they get together in groups, they're feeling more comfortable. They push the limits a little bit farther. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm pretty old. So like when I was a kid and we would have sleepovers, we would prank call. Right. Mm -hmm. Now I would Mm -hmm. never do that when I was by myself, but when Mm -hmm. we get together and have sleepovers, we would prank call people. And this was pre caller ID, you know, so it was. Yeah. Cause there's more power in a group. That's right. That's right. And so you feel more comfortable. So you do things that you normally wouldn't do. Um, And this is true for viewing pornography and for, you know, I heard recently I was talking with some moms about, you know, some issues related to screens and one trend that's going around is that some kids have credit cards. Like I know there's like the green light card and there's some other types of cards that parents can give their kids. And so they are taking other kids cards and snapping pictures of it. And then they get together in groups and they go on Amazon and they use that card to buy a bunch of stuff. Oh my goodness. So this is sort of like a trend that's going around is like taking other people's credit card numbers. And so kids will do that in groups. You know, I mean, they'll get together right. and do that in groups. They have a so. lot of power. It give it gives them, it's like they get rid of all of their brains when mm-hmm. they get together. <laughs> yeah. And I would love to talk to a parent who has not noticed that their child's personality changes a slight bit when they have other kids over to play. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, they get more bold, a little yeah. more daring. They might, you know, say things are act in a way that they normally wouldn't. They start acting like the other kids and it's always the lowest common denominator. That's what we all go to the lowest Mm -hmm. common 
denominator is very difficult for your kids, even though you think they're precious and pure as the driven snow, but it's very difficult for them to stand up and be the leader and say, nonsense, we should not be doing this anymore. They're just not going to do it. Right. You know, and it's just harder to monitor this stuff during the holidays because I don't know what it is for you, Melanie, but for me, I'm so busy during that time, like getting the final gifts ready, cooking, you know, and we do a lot of hands-on stuff. So preparing the cookie dough and getting all the decorations together and, you know, there's holiday parties and um, last minute shopping. And so as parents, you know, and, you know, I take some time off during the holidays. So making sure that I've got all my work finished and my husband and I, our anniversary is three days after Christmas. So oh. we get, you know, really busy. And so yeah. we are less aware of what our kids are doing. And so being a screen strong family makes it a little bit easier because we're not having to, you know, how many hours have you been on that? Or is your phone in your room? You know, I mean, doing those sort of things is one extra thing that you have on your list during the holiday. That is such a great point. And when you have so many rules, you know, you might can do it during the week, but when the holidays hit and you get on the Christmas vacation, there's no way your rules are just going to go out the window. You just can't. And that's why when your big rule is, Hey, we're just, this is just it in our thing. We do other things instead that mm-hmm. that screen strong benefit is so huge. I am always shocked, I guess. I don't know why when, when parents talk about, Oh, I can't, I can't be screen strong because it's going to be so much work. I'm like, no, it's not any work at all. It's like, you're done with the work. You did the work. You, I did the work. I tried to manage it all and it doesn't manage well and it's really hard. So when it's not an option, it's really no, no work managing it. Like the kids just come in the kitchen and they make the cookies. Well, and Melanie, we want our kids' lives to be hard while they live at home with us not ours. Right. (laughs) So like we want their life to be hard when they're under our roof because then hard in a good sense, but hard. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Hard in a good sense. Challenging, I guess. Challenging. And so we want them to, you know, have adversity and have challenges because then when they launch into the quote real world, they know how to handle conflict. And so let's, let's, you know, allow our kids some challenge and take that off of us or we're not constantly having to monitor. To monitor it. And it makes them really independent. And um, in, in just one of these things that happened in our house recently, because we are screen strong, meaning we just don't have screens as our main source of entertainment or really much of our entertainment at all one of the kids jumped in the car with me and went shopping. And that was so fun because mm-hmm. I, I, Adam never did that. You know, I just, he never, I mean, but, but they, they're not home stuck on their game or on their phone. So it's just fun. It's like, you have so much more fun with your kids. Yeah. But anyway, I could go on and on about that. Can you, Dr. Stacy? can you give us some advice on how to prepare family members How do you talk to family members that are coming without sounding judgmental? You know, you know that they're coming and all the cousins maybe just got phones this year. So now you've got your sister and your brother's kids and your sister maybe doesn't agree with you. And now there's a thing and it's all this weird stuff and you can't really talk to her about it. But how do you, what are some things that you can say to family members to get your point across, but without being rude. Right. And so most families, if you're getting together and over the holidays, you'll have a group text among the adults, or you'll have a phone call where you talk about who's bringing what and who, where are we eating lunch and who's going to cook what. And I think it's important during those sort of preparatory conversations to tell your family, 
that, you know, we are in the middle of a screen fast and, you know, we've struggled in the past or like whatever your story is. Like for me and our family, it's just that we don't allow our kids to use handheld screens. And so mm-hmm. it would be really, you know, I'll say to them, it'd be really helpful for our family. If when you come over, you could just leave your handheld screens at home or mm-hmm. leave them in the car when you come in or, I mean, whatever the situation is. And also just sort of kindly encourage the family members not to give screen gifts for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever holiday that you celebrate and have your kids make a list of things that they want. Because sometimes we're so conditioned now towards technology gifts that, you know, people are, well, what do I get them? I can't get them a video game or, you know, right. New, right. um, Whatever, you know, screen related gifts have your kids make a list of things. And so we did this with our kids last week. And it's so funny because my 12 year old son puts some hilarious things on his um, Christmas gift that you wouldn't, his list um, that you would never think a 12 year old boy would want like a soft serve ice cream machine. And I said, (laughs) what are you going to do with that? He was like, I'm going to make ice cream for the family. And I thought, this is great. Save some money and make some ice cream. You allow them to do that. And then you can share that, that list with family members and just remind, you know, put a reminder on the list, please don't give us any screen related gifts. Yeah. And I think that doing that with gentle encouragement is helpful, you know, and some family members will do what they want to do. You know, I mean, they're going to let their teenagers bring their devices to your house. Yeah. But I think that once they're, let's not sort of go over it and over it and over it again during the holidays. I think you can say what you want to say up front Um, You know, it's just like I have a child that has celiac disease, so she can't eat gluten. So we ask people when they come to our house, when they make a dish, please try to make it gluten free. Or if it's not gluten free, let me know so I can put it in a separate area or whatever. So she doesn't um, eat that inadvertently. And it's the same sort of thing. It's like you've said before, my kids are allergic to screens, right? Yeah. So (laughs) talk about it ahead of time. If you're nephew 15 year old nephew shows up and he sits on the couch on his screen you're not his parent and so all you can do is encourage your children you're not going to sit there next to him and watch his screen why don't you encourage him to come play a game or throw the football or do something else and so I think that's important for family relationships to not just kind of keep over and over again with it yeah you've got to be careful not to make it a big argument because you want to have an enjoyable holiday and and I think you make that clear up front. Just say, look, I'm not going to make a big deal about it, but if you could help us, it would really be great. And I usually say things like, I know y'all haven't ever struggled with this, or you know, I'm trying not to be sarcastic because I know everybody really has, but just say, I understand that you feel really good about your um, screen limits and you have it all figured out, but we don't, and I'm just really bad at it. And so I really need your help and I make it like I really need their help. Yeah, put- Put it on your, yourself and your family and not on them because we want people to still come and participate. And I think when you do that, it lets them know like, oh, well, they're, look at all this fun stuff they're doing and they're not using screens. And, you know, had you been yeah. more firm about it, they might not show up and then they won't see. No, they'll get defensive and you don't want the defensive. And then sometimes you have to realize that, you know, you may just need to say, you know, I've really gotten a lot of information out of this group, Screen Strong, and you can certainly go look at their website. And I don't want to make a big deal about it, but if we could do other things, and you have to be responsible for the replacement 
activities because mm-hmm. if it's at your house, I mean, obviously if it's at somebody else's house, it's a little bit different, but if it's at your house, then you get to drive the mood and drive the activities and drive the things that are happening in your house. The sleepover thing is a problem. I, I know during the holidays, there's a lot more sleepovers because people are coming and you're, you're, you've got all the bedrooms full. You've got, you know, maybe an air mattress or two on the floor. And so you do have to be aware of that because just, just because the cousins are bringing in their phones, you know, doesn't mean all your screen rules go out the door. And that I'm pretty adamant about because I know a lot of uh, really, really inappropriate things can happen when older kids are mixed with younger kids. And so you just have to, to keep an eye. We don't want it to ruin your holidays, but you just have to keep an eye on it and, and try to do as much prep ahead of time. I like the conversation ahead of time. Also, we do have a link to our Amazon store is going to be in the show notes of this podcast. So if you want to suggest, here's some non-tech gift ideas for my kids, you know, you can at least have a link so people aren't just stuck trying to figure things out. So let's, let's wrap up with some of our tips. I know everybody needs to go because they need to go make their cookies and uh, shop and get ready, That's right. do those Christmas cards. But, but we just put together a little list and it was, it's just meant to, I don't know, just give you some, some tips. Cause I always like to have really practical tips. That's what I'm all about. Cause I, I just know when you're struggling with the screen issue in your house, you need to know practically what the heck am I supposed to do? So I'll just start and you can chime in. So um, first of all, never buy smartphones. Like we said, for Christmas, you'll have to take it away by January. And you just, that's my, that's our first tip is what we just said a minute ago. Just don't buy a smartphone for Christmas, even a gap phone or a, a wise phone. I just don't think phones should be gifts at all. They're tools. They're not toys. Um, and I also, the second thing I have here is never buy a video game for your kids. I, I don't know, but you know, this is where we've been and we've, it's right. just because, you know, once you make it a gift, then it's like, okay, this is what we value more. I don't know. It just kind of, it kind of bugs me. In fact, what I think you should do is, is this is a great tip. My third tip here is to look around your house right now and box up the video games and put them in your attic right now. Because if you're getting ready to have a bunch of kids come over, a bunch of cousins, that's the first thing they're going to do. Even if your kids can manage it well in a group, it gets out of control. Just like Dr. Stacy, you know, Dr. Stacy, that if there was a video game sitting console sitting on your, uh, on your, your counter, your kids might be fine with it. You know, it might not be their big addiction, but when their cousins come over and everybody's wanting to play, then all of a sudden that becomes the most important thing in right. the room. And I just think it's a great idea to just for now, for the holidays, package it up, put it in the attic. Of course, I would say to throw it in the lake, but, um, but anyway, so what have you got? Yeah. For the next so, couple? um, our fourth tip is to hide the TV remotes and, um, you can just go through Good the house idea. and, I mean, you know, you may want to label them in case you don't know what room they belong in. <laughs> After you can buy stickers yeah. at Best Buy, then I'll label them. But um, and then fifth would be take the cord out of the smart TVs, and we do this at our house. So we have a TV that's sort of in the kids' den, um, and it's downstairs when we walk through it all the time. But my my son can't help himself, and so I take that cord out of the TV. And if you have any TVs in bedrooms, um, which we don't recommend, but if you do take the cord out of it before company arrives and hide them 
Great idea. Because you know what? You can then don't have to say anything. You yeah. know, they can go in there and try to turn it on. Oh, well, I don't know. The court's gone. We just have certain rules around when we allow this stuff. But if it's corded up and ready to go, somebody's going to figure out how to get on that smart TV. Yeah. And they're going to be watching YouTube videos before you know it. In no time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the next thing I have is play Christmas music in the house from the minute you get up to the minute you go to bed, you know, get the tree lit, get the stuff going. But that Christmas music replaces the need for noise Mm -hmm. and it replaces that need to put that background TV on all the time. So, and it's the perfect year, you know, perfect time of year to have Christmas music playing, of course. And if you have a piano, um, if you can, if it's a digital piano, you can kind of relocate it in a common area of the house where people can sit down and play the piano. The next thing I had was to replace downtime or, or not replace downtime, uh, use downtime to play Legos, puzzles, put the card table out. Um, I think this is something that, that not, not me, I don't really struggle with this, but many, many, many moms I know struggle with putting a card table out in their den and leaving it out at all times. So we, we do have a table now um, out in our den at all times, but during the holidays, they're like, we don't have room. We want to put the Christmas tree up and it's not going to look right. It's not going to look like HGTV. I'm like, get over it. Put the card table out, put the puzzle out. It is amazing how many people will sit and stand and talk to you and stand around the puzzle and do the puzzle. Yeah. And Melanie, we do this at our house too. And so now that it's holiday season, we put out, a you know holiday scene puzzle and you're, it's so funny yeah. because even adults that come over will walk oh, by yeah. that table and look for a piece you know to put in they're trying to find a piece yeah and so when you have all your extended family over it's just something fun to do that you don't have to have a screen for and we love white mountain puzzles by the way i just love we, we always too. get a thousand piece too. ones that's like our favorite and we put and the next tip is to put board games out the same idea bananagrams is a wonderful thing to keep out it's like a Scrabble game. You just get a handful of tiles and you make um, words. But group games are what you need to prepare for. So if you're not used to doing this, games like Telestration, Pictionary, Charades, um, there's a game now where it's like the headband game where, you know, you, it's like Charades, right? You're trying to guess mm-hmm. um, what the person is doing. It's just really, really fun. There's a bunch of different fun games. Um what are some of the fun games that you like? Yeah, so we love Ticket house? to Ride, and there's a bunch of different versions oh, yeah. of Ticket to Ride. It's sort of a strategy game. One of the newest yeah. games, a friend of ours, um, another family that has four kids turned us on to is Quix. It's Q-W-I-X-X, and it's a dice game. Um, and it's, um, oh, cool. it's really fun because it goes by pretty quick, and you can play tournaments and stuff with it. And then we recently right. discovered Blank Slate, which is such a fun huh. game. And um, it's like completing a phrase and you try to match what other people are going to say. So those are some of the ones that we really love. The other games that are really fun are trivia games, any kind of trivia games, because most ages can play, yeah. you know, with that. Um, even putting things like my next tip is like a model airplane or uh, a thing of knitting needles, you know, something out that older kids can just kind of pick up and get interested. Like, what's this? How do I do this? You know, model airplane is really cool because everybody can kind of work on that and put a piece together. So you got to think of kind of the ages. Of course, I always default to the fire pit in the backyard. Yeah. Best, cheapest, whatever uh, Christmas gift ever is to just go to the big box store, get a fire pit. Go, go. That's where the teenagers will go. If you save all your Amazon boxes and let them burn those in the fire pit, it's a great activity. What about 
pre-making sugar cookie dough. Oh yeah. And yeah. buying all the stuff for decorating. And so we actually have a day where we do that with cousins and friends and we have them come over and we set everything out, but it doesn't have to be that organized. You could just like have little, you know, bags of the dough and you could have a bucket in your kitchen that's got all the decorating. And yeah. when your kids, yeah. you know, are looking for something to do, you can leave instructions for that. And, you know, at our house, we actually let our kids use the oven and stuff at a pretty early age. Cause we're trying to teach them, you know, about safety and how to do yeah. all that. And so, um, yeah. I think that's important for them to learn how to roll out the cookies and, you know, decorate them and do all that. So that's pretty fun. Also on a similar vein is crafts. And so, mm. it's, you know, you don't have to be crafty even to set up little no. craft buckets. Like you could just like make some <laughs> Christmas cards for a local nursing home. I mean, you could call the nursing home that you drive by every day on your way home and say, how many residents do you have? And then you could set a goal to make X number of cards and just go drop them off. And um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it does, that doesn't take a lot of time to do that. And so, or make ornaments. We have this cool little ornament thing. I, um, unfortunately, I can't remember what it's called, but you put an ornament in it and it spins around and you use these markers to color it and make all these cool designs. I'll have to find what that is and share it with the community, but, um, so you can just yeah. make a little ornament. It takes a few minutes and hang it on the tree. And so that's pretty fun. Yeah. And in back with the cookies, I know I have made, made them before in the shapes and actually baked them, put them in the freezer. So you can, when you've got little kids where it's like this instant, oh my gosh, we're having a meltdown. We got to do something. You can just pull them out of the freezer. That's a great idea. They're already done, but they can, but they can decorate them because it's, you know, when they're younger, they don't want to wait for them to cook and, and then have to cool and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the ornaments. Okay. This is so funny. One year we, decided to make ornaments out of these little pine cones. So you can get just miniature pine cones from the craft store. And I thought, oh, what a, we'll get pipe cleaners and pine cones. And we'll just put a bunch of stuff out. And everybody had to make like a Christmas animal ornament thing. And we are to this day still laughing over the ornaments that my brother made. It's hysterical. Like, and these are the kind of family memory, memories that we're talking about in the family stories. But that just triggered that little thought. I just remember that was so funny. Um, and the same with board games too. Board games, you can create so many funny memories, especially with games where you're drawing like Pictionary or Telestrations. It's just, it, it just the gift that gives a lifetime, right? Because yeah. you just keep laughing about it. The next thing I had was to put your family photo albums out. We actually have scrapbooks in there, digital scrapbooks, but it, but we don't just show p- people, you know, pictures on our phone. Like I always have them out every year. We have a family album And then also to put home movies on, um, that is so entertaining to watch when the kids were little, you know, everybody loves to watch that. And we even have a lot of movies of our cousins and, and their cousins. And so when everybody's over, it's like so fun to watch those. Um, I would also recommend that you pre-pick a family movie night kind of bucket. Like we still have DVDs. We're really big fans of DVDs because with DVDs, you don't get to start clicking other places after the movie's over. This is, you know, there's no more scrolling. It's like, we're purposely going to watch Christmas Vacation. We have the DVD. We're going to put it on. We're going to watch it. And then it's over. So, um, but you've got to get these lined up ahead of time before the crowd comes. So just get a plan. It's all about planning. Right. And I love what you said, Melanie, about the family photo albums, because one unexpected thing that happens is that 
the kids will be going through a photo album and they'll ask you about a picture that they see. And then yes. you're, you can yes. tell a story that they don't remember yes. or about family members that they didn't know or some activity that, yeah. you know, they may not remember because they were too young and it's, it makes for such good conversation. So we do that at our house. We have a lot of photo albums and my kids, I'll just randomly find them sitting on the couch, looking through albums oh, yeah. from before they, they were alive love it. or from it's, when, you know, something they don't yeah. remember. So Another thing, another you know, sort of tip is to get outside every day. Now, some places you live, it's cold or it's snowing. Just bundle up. You can do it. You know, I mean, I'm not saying to yeah. go get frostbite, but, you know, get out there and do some stuff. There's lots of fun things you can do in the snow, but you could have a family football game. We love to have a four square tournament. And so four square is, you know, um, so old, but it's so fun. And so you can, you know, get some chalk and put the four squares out on your driveway or in the street if you live on a cul-de-sac or something and have a um, four square tournament. We love to play Frisbee. Um, or something fun that I hear a lot of families are doing is learning how to play pickleball. So pickleball is yeah. a really a growing sport in the U.S. right now. And so a lot of communities have public pickleball courts that you can go to. Or again, you can get something to use as a net to like even just a piece of ribbon to put, you know, in between two sticks. And you can draw out the pickleball court and get some pickleball paddles. And it's super fun to do. On the same vein as maybe invest in a ping pong table or air hockey or, you know, something like that. There's, or, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, foosball. Foosball super fun. Yeah. And yeah. Um, have tournaments or you can do, you can go to your local park if it's not too far and bring a basketball and play knockout or horse, you know, just like a tournament yes. where anybody can play that. Right. And you can even make it a tradition where every year. So we have a tradition in our family where we go play laser tag on Christmas Eve Eve. And so on December 23rd, our whole family goes And I'm going to tell you that one of our most favorite family memories is when my 90 year old grandfather went with us to play laser tag I mean, it was oh. amazing and hilarious. <laughs> and every one of our family members has that picture framed in their house because, oh. like, here he is, ninety year old, ninety years old, holding his laser tag gun, and it. I mean, it's so fun. Oh, that's great! And you know, other traditions like going to a Christmas concert going to a play, getting tickets ahead of time to get that movie, the Christmas movie, whatever's out in the theaters, just make it a tradition, maybe even to go to a sporting event, like a football game as an extended family. Um, so there's so many things that you can do. The other thing is just getting in the car and driving to see the Christmas lights. That's such a great tradition, you know, make little snack bags for the kids, even if they're little, as they grow up, and they get to be teenage. I mean, from when they're little, and then the, those kids love, of course, all that. But even teenagers love the tradition of, you know, making the little snack bags or whatever to go watch the Christmas lights or go see the Christmas lights. So the list is pretty endless. We've covered a bunch of stuff today, and we could just keep going. Where our point is that you have to plan ahead. You have to be prepared for the tidal wave that's getting ready to hit your house because it will hit your house if you don't prepare. Um, but don't get frustrated about it and don't get stressed about it. Just prep the best you can. Use a couple of these tips that we've mentioned today to help you avoid the screen, you know, addiction over the holidays and just enjoy, enjoy the time, enjoy your kids um, and build these memories. So what are just some final quick words of encouragement that you can offer to a parent who's feeling really overwhelmed right now, Dr. Stacey? I just think it's important to remember that when your kids are 
in your home, you know, those first 18 years of your life and you are thinking about the holidays to look at it as a time to build family memories, not about what they're unwrapping under the tree and not about what they're going to get that their friends are getting and, you know, keeping up with everyone else is to really look at this time as a gift in and of itself to make memories and we're not going to make memories sitting next to each other, staring at our phones, right. Or our iPads or the TV screen or whatever. Um, And so Mm -hmm. let's do all of these things together to sort of make new traditions and new memories and spend time doing that instead. That's great. Just focus on the memories and give yourself a break, but don't give yourself a screen break, but give yourself a break and, and enjoy your kids. And, and my advice and my encouragement is, don't do too much. Just try to remember to spend more time with your kids. Anything that you can do ahead of time to help um, prepare is always really helpful. And hopefully these tips today will get your creative juices going. So you can do some things this week um, so you can prepare for more time with your family and more time with your kids, more non-tech time with them during the holidays. Trust me, it will not happen unless you prepare for it. Um, so continue to, to come to, into our group and to our connect to ask us questions. Dr. Stacy, thank you so much for, for your time. Me. I know you're really busy right now in between all your patients. Thank you so much for of jumping course. on. You just bring so many wonderful thoughts for us to contemplate all the time. So thank you so much. I hope everyone enjoyed listening today. Don't forget our parent online course makes a great Christmas gift. It is available on our website. Be sure and join the connect group that we talked about. You want to get support from Dr. Stacy and I, that is the perfect place to go. If you want to get into our Facebook group, it's called screen strong families please like and share this podcast. Please tell at least five friends. And when you have your Christmas gatherings this year, mention Screen Strong. Um, And also keep us in mind for your end of the year giving. We only operate off of donations from people like you that are enjoying the content. So what's your homework to enjoy your kids this Christmas and wrap up those screens and put them in the attic. (laughs) Let's not, let's not get them all out for the whole holidays. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you figure it all out. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong.